All right, guys, welcome back to the second episode of Class Act. This episode is an episode that we're trying this idea of a one-topic episode, and so this is our first one with that, and our first one-topic episode is on feminism. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say that this topic helps support my idea that it is harder today to be a white male than anything. And I believe I mentioned that in the last episode. If I didn't, then we'll get to it in this one. And I want to start by different classes of feminism. There's three different waves of feminism. The first wave of feminism was for voting rights. And it was ultimately had a good purpose. It had a, a, a good driving force. Second wave feminism was for equal opportunity. It was after women had gained voting rights, but they still were not treated as equals. There were still different things that they were not allowed to do. So second wave feminism is for equal opportunity. Yeah. Second wave feminism as humans instead of being housewives was good. Third wave feminism, which is what we're in today, seeks to bash men and has no real goal. And I think it's bad. And the feminists themselves pretty much acknowledge this because there's a feminist scholar named Elizabeth Evans who says the confusion surrounding what constitutes third-wave feminism is in some respects its defining factor. So the defining factor of third-wave feminism is not knowing what third-wave feminism is about. I don't understand how you can have a movement that you don't know what it's about. This third wave feminism goes back to the early 90s. I don't know if you've heard this story, Aaron. You might have because me and you watch a lot of the mm-hmm. same videos. <laughs> but it goes back to the early 90s. There was a National Women's Studies Association in Austin, Texas. The conference organizers taught the lessons of a theory of feminism known as intersectionality, which is a big topic today. It's a, a whole yeah. different topic completely. It's taken yeah, on its own form. Yeah. Uh, On the first day, participants were asked to break down into groups based on grievances and healing needs for different things they've experienced. The groups began to argue because of variations within the groups. Tiny groups formed with specific things that they had been victims of. So within these victim groups, there was tinier victim groups. It began devouring itself based on different victim statuses. And for the next 25 years, the attendees taught their students because the attendees were all college professors. So the attendees taught their students to see the world through their eyes and exaggerated statistics to complement the idea that they were oppressed. Mm -hmm. And since they marched under the banner of feminism, nobody stopped them. Mm -hmm. So that's, I would say what it brought it to today is, yeah. If they do anything under feminism, it's, it's Aaron, okay. and you can feminism and a lot of other movements on the left today are more about being a victim than anything. Yeah, they have to be the victim in everything. And I don't know if you saw my last tweet about Amy Schumer, but yeah, that's the same type of thing. It's feminism nowadays. They they always play the victim card because, like you said earlier, they can do whatever they want and march under the name of feminism, and they're always the ones that are being suppressed or. They're never in the wrong. Yeah. Like, like what I was just talking about with the tweet is, is Chance the Rapper. I don't know if you all y'all saw that, but Chance the Rapper had tweeted out to Wendy's that he wanted the Spicy Nuggets back, and 
they tweeted back and said, if you get X amount of retweets, then we'll bring them back. Well, he gets the number of retweets. They bring the Spicy Nuggets back. And she finds this big ordeal about why do we need food that comes from food that is, I'm not exactly sure what she said. Hang on. Yeah, she says, instead of spicy nuggets, we want food that is harvested with dignity, not violence. Well, see, that's, she has to find a problem with everything. And that was what my whole tweet was about, is that she has to find a problem with everything. And all third-wave feminism do. Nothing can be, like, if they don't get the part, then, like, an actress tries it for a movie. If she don't get the part, it's it's because they're, they're, they hate women. You know? Yeah. I want to know how I want to know how she went from spicy nuggets to violence. Yeah, exactly. Just in the snap of a finger. Yeah, and then, how do you draw that and line? And it says that harvested with dignity, not violence. Well, how do you how do you kill a chicken with dignity? You know what I'm saying? Like let it die with old age because at yeah. that point the, the meat's almost no good. Look. Yeah. Like there's really no simple solution. Our society's been built on well, we're smarter than animals. So we go kill animals and we eat animals. Now you ain't got to eat animals. Not like you can be yeah. a vegetarian. You can do whatever you want, but don't shame me for eating the animals because that's what we've done for the past hundreds of years. Um, I say feminism today is definitely based on victimhood, and the more that you're a victim, it's like the more your voice matters. And it's basically it the one of the big big problems that I have. I have tons of problems with the feminist movement today because I think it's absolutely disgusting. But mm-hmm. one of the biggest problems that I have with it is it tells people that it's better to be a victim than to refuse to let yourself be exactly. One. Like with so, like all the uh, now this is a touchy subject with uh, rape cases on college campuses, but I know that's a big feminist yeah. movement is how college campuses are just like the rape center of the world, and a study came out yeah. that said that Harvard University, one of the most prestigious colleges of all time, if not the most prestigious college, had more rape cases than the rape capital of the world. Percentage, mm-hmm. Like, percentage to population loss. I was like, that that cannot be possible. So I go through and read it. A little bit of stretching numbers and, there. Exactly. And come to find out, the woman who wrote it was, is, describes herself as a feminist. So, see, they can't, they can't take fault in anything they do. They have to be the victim. And that comes back to... Yeah. There was that yes. one in five thing yeah, one in five. for a while. The one in five yeah. on college campuses. And that was actually... The people who did that study sent it through an email, and they came back, and they said that their study and their findings should not be taken as proof because the wording... They admitted that the wording in the survey was confusing to understand and that it wasn't clear and that their study should not be yeah. used as the model. And then people still take it and run with it and want to yeah. scream, see, one in five, one in five, and it's terrible. And see, like, I don't understand. No, I, no rapes happen. And I feel for the, and I think that, yeah. like, like you've seen Jay Crowder say and Ben Shapiro, I think the person that, the rapist should be, castrated and thrown under the jail I, rapists are terrible rapists are the scum of the earth they're the worst person on this earth the rapist but you can't yeah. have sex with a dude at a party and then the next day wake up and regret it 
and say, oh, he raped me. No, that was your decision. You chose to go out yeah. and have sex. Regret is not rape. And that's my biggest thing is, is, is women nowadays have so much power because they march under the name of feminism is that they can just go out and say, well, he raped me. And it's not at that point, it's not innocent until proven guilty. It's guilty until proven innocent. And if, yeah, exactly. That's, what we learned that. that's exactly how the Kavanaugh case. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that one. I got so mad at that one because everyone before there was even any bit of evidence, everyone was jumping out yep. and saying he's yep. guilty. Exactly. Absolutely that's everybody was jumping out and saying he was guilty. Yeah, and I was like, at least give the man a chance to exactly. talk first. And they didn't want to take into account the fact that Blousey Ford was, like, stumbling over her memories and stumbling over this and stumbling over that. And the fact that half of the victims in that case came out afterwards and said that it was a sham, that they were hired to do it, that, he never, that they had never actually even met Kavanaugh. Yep. It's just, see, and that's... Uh, and, and I think that woman, I think that's how it should be with any woman, is if if she accuses a man of rape and it's on un like it's not true at all and it's on unstable ground, like if she gets if he gets proven innocent, because the thing is, is once a rape case comes out, if you're proven innocent or not, your career's over, pretty much. I think that that woman that accused him of rape, that actually didn't rape, that he had actually didn't rape, she should be the one going to jail. I think she should go to jail. She should get sued for extortion because she wanted her name in the public and she wanted money from that man. The the defensive lineman from Baylor. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sean Oakley or something. Yeah. And he actually he actually just signed in the and, AFL, but they're going under yeah. still. But yeah, he had sacrificed eight years of yeah. his career. So how much, how many millions of dollars that would have been playing in the NFL? Because he was a top twenty five, top fifteen prospect. He was supposed to go high in that draft. Oh yeah, easily. He was a, he was a beast. And the case comes out, and he just disappears almost. And you don't hear anything from him for eight years, and all of a sudden this mm-hmm. case gets dropped. And oh, and she, and the thing is, the case didn't even get dropped. She just came out and said, "Oh no, that's not true. I made it up." Well, what do you, what is he supposed to do now? You know, what I'm mm-hmm. saying he's devoted his whole life to football, and then you ruined it for him. Yeah, like he he gave up pretty much everything that he had for football. Yeah, and then now I think that is there a rule in the league that you can't even be drafted if there's something like that around your name, if you yeah, even have no, a case you against yeah, you. I think there actually is a, a rule now to where it was just kind of like a you probably shouldn't want to draft this guy if there's a case around him, but I think there is a rule now that you're not allowed to be drafted unless you are, like, a, not a felon, obviously. Moving on to, like, a, a different topic, sort of a, a talking point. Mm-hmm. Um, I put uh, men and women – are inherently different, and this difference in uh, the difference in the career choices and interests are not the results of sexism, and should not try to be reversed. And I think that's a a big thing with feminism because feminists are always trying to um, say that say that men and women are not different in any way; that they're one hundred percent completely the same. And I just think that's that's, yeah, not, that's true. not true. Women actually excel. A little bit better than men in STEM fields. Yeah, sixty percent of all CEOs today in America are women. But you don't hear feminists claiming that as an accomplishment. They only want to talk about things that they haven't accomplished. Exactly, and it's and how it's our fault almost. And how yeah, it's and I think that 
Yeah, I think the uh, the abortion argument yep. really ties in well with this one because, and this is a whole different topic that we could get into on a different episode, but I think that the abortion argument from the feminist and the left perspective is men can walk away from a pregnancy, so why can't I? Well, and the whole thing with that is, is yeah, they can, but that, that also makes them less of a man, and people do judge them for walking away from a baby. And people are going to judge you for killing that baby. But the thing is with that is he walks away from the baby, which is just terrible and should never happen because he did choose to have sex, which was without protection, yeah. which is his fault. Or maybe with protection, it just it happens, So which is his fault, which he shouldn't walk away. But if he does, he still isn't the one killing the baby. You know what I'm saying? No, granted, yeah. she isn't the one actually and... killing it either, but she has a bigger role in mm-hmm. saying, yes, I want it dead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's um, it's law in most places that if the man disagrees and says, I want the baby, and the woman says, no, we're getting an abortion, that she has a right over her. Yeah. Which I can sort of see where that, that plays in because she's the one that actually has to carry the baby for yeah. nine months. But at the same time, parenthood is a joint ownership yeah, sort of deal. Because it takes, two to, it takes two to tango, and that, I mean... You can't have a baby by yourself. I don't care who you are. If you do, you might you might win some money if you can have a baby by yourself. But I don't. Yeah, it's it's a partner deal, and I think both sides have to agree upon one point. I mm-hmm. I don't agree with the question anyway. But people on both the left and the right, and people, uh, liberal and conservative, both shame men who walk away from pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. There's absolutely nobody that claims that a man who walks away from his pregnant wife or girlfriend or whatever and his child, there's no one that justifies him and calls him a good person yeah, for that. So why would we justify it and call it call them a good woman and pretty much celebrate them and yeah. uh what's the word I'm looking for? Celebrate them and look at them as a model as a champion absolutely for walking away from a pregnancy as a woman yeah. and that's where i think it's that's where i think a lot of things on the left has gotten so misconstrued yeah. because they're so they're so obsessed with winning in little ways that they're ruining the entire yeah, big because picture because i think they're i think yeah, a woman should be praised like for keeping the baby and raising it by herself as a single mother which is incredibly hard which which a woman should never have to do Unless obviously there's yeah the father dies or something of that sort, but I think they should be praised for for saying yes, I'm sticking with this baby, I'm having this baby, and I'm gonna raise this baby the right way, than to just kill it off, mm-hmm. which they're celebrating them for to kill it more than to keep it and raise it like a strong independent woman would. Like it's just crazy the extent that they'll go to to try to win in just small little yeah. ways. Like if it costs them everything, they will try to do it. There are people that hate Trump more than they love America. And they're willing to bash Trump. They're willing to send America into the ground. They're willing to nosedive it into nothing as long as Trump does not win. And it just, the strides that they're trying to make, they're trying to make men less masculine in a feminist movement. And women, they're trying to make women more masculine. And it messes up the 
would say it messes up the natural way that men and women kind of benefit each yeah. other. Like they're men and women are very complimentary of each other in places that men are bad. Women typically excel. Yeah. And in places that women are bad, men typically excel. And that's what I honestly, but we actually were talking about that in our church every Sunday is how, cause mm-hmm. it was mother's day, obviously. And there we're talking about how women just have things that men don't, how women can, like we're talking about mom always knows women have almost a sixth yeah. to know what other women are thinking, what other men are thinking, what you're doing. They just have a sixth sense about it. When men most of the time are just kind of not thinking about anything, honestly, like yeah. we, we just have an ability to just think about black space and they just have a sixth yeah. sense on knowing other things. But we also have the ability of knowing how to put things together or knowing how to build things that, they typically don't have, which is just like you were saying, it just fits well together. Yeah. Like my mom's intuition, she can sit down with anyone for five minutes and talk with them just a little bit and she can have them pegged. Like she knows exactly the kind of person there are. She knows if they're a good person, if they're a bad person, what their intent is. Like her intuition is crazy. I've never, and that's something that you typically see in women is that they just, they just they they have that sixth sense like they know and that's something you typically don't see in men and then there's stuff that you typically do see in men that you don't see in women i would say feminism is going to ultimately hurt women more than it's going to help them because at the same time that they're trying to push for men and women are equal yeah they're they're letting biological men compete in women's sports. Yeah. Oh Lord, don't even get which on that. there was a there was a there was a weightlifter mm-hmm. in one state that broke like seven records in one day. I think it's Texas. Because he's a yeah, because he's a biological male competing in female weightlifting. He broke like seven records in one day. Yeah. And then not only that, but for the for the men that it feminizes, for the men that it takes their masculinity away, those are the men that your daughters are going to have to marry. Yeah. And I mean, if they're not complimenting your daughter and if they're not being that good stand-up guy, that fatherly role, that male figure for your daughter as her husband and for her kids as her dad, that's that's dangerous. Yeah. Fatherless people are statistically they statistically they go to prison more often yeah they typically flunk out of school mm-hmm. and they typically don't get a very well-paying job and they're not very successful they typically have disciplinary issues yeah and with the feminist movement doing what it can to take masculinity away that's where i pretty much see the future going yes because there's there's roles in this world that need a masculine side to it like mm-hmm. men need to have a little almost like a chip on their shoulder or they have to need the ability to kind of when you're when I used to fall down as a kid I would run over to my mother because she'd say here let's go clean that up let's go get a band-aid but knowing because if I would run to my father he'd say and hey, rub some dirt in it you know like not that that was the yeah. wrong thing to say it was just that that's what made me me that's what toughened me up as a child you can't just have a bunch of people saying, oh, no, that's okay. Oh, no, that's okay. Oh, here, let me baby you. Let me call to you because that's not how the world works. You can't be called mm-hmm. your whole life and expect to step out and get what you want. 
you need that little toughness about you. You need that edge about you to get places you need to be. That mm-hmm. usually is a masculine and, trait, usually. Yeah, and there are certain traits that are uh, scientifically proven to be linked to masculinity. And there's certain traits that are scientifically proven to be linked to um, estrogen, to testosterone and estrogen. They, they have their own traits that come with them. Um, like, for example, some that are linked to testosterone are like protectiveness, risk taking, mm-hmm. uh, leadership, strength, yep, stuff like that. But with with like estrogen, they have more of a um, more caring. Like they're typically a lot more caring, more understanding. You can relate to them better. They're more they're more comfortable people exactly. to be around. And I think it's good to have both. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely room for both, and they're trying to take it away. They're trying to take away masculinity. They're calling it toxic, which that is the that's the craziest thing to me with the feminist movement is how much they hate men to the point that they'll call them yeah. toxic. And that's what. And now feminists are coming out now saying, "Oh no, we don't hate men. We just." see things wrong in them well no that's the whole thing is that you've put out you portrayed in this whole third wave of feminism which has been happening for the past what five ten years maybe just about how men are bad masculinity is bad the thing that male traits are bad like everybody needs to be kind and caring and loving well no because that's not how it's been for the past thousand years if everybody just Mm -hmm. called each other and was oh so sweet to each other then we would never get anywhere we would never get anywhere in life we would never take that next step to say oh well instead of having to go out in the woods and kill these animals why don't we just make them and then feed them and grow them up and process them through this factory you know what i'm saying if we were caught it our whole lives and then they would be like oh no that's wrong to kill animals and we'd all still be eating grass you know what i'm saying like yeah it takes you have to have a little bit of that in you to be to want to advance as a as a society yeah anyone anyone who's ever gone anywhere in life has has done so by like breaking out of the mold. yeah like by saying that i'm not gonna settle with being comfortable exactly like i will i will risk the re- getting the reward if it means not being comfortable yeah and that's something that something that a, a lot of women aren't typically usually going to want to do just because of their biological yeah. traits, which there are still women who are very oh, I, successful. Without a doubt, there's too. women in this world that are more successful yeah. than half men in this world, but... Yeah. Like like I said earlier, 60% of all CEOs exactly. are women. I mean, like, they are, they are very exactly. successful. I want to move in to a little bit of a different topic here. But sort of, obviously, sort of still in feminism. Um, Margaret Thatcher, mm-hmm. who I believe is like a prime minister or something in uh, Britain. I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is she's in, she's somewhere in England. Yeah. Um, she quoted that the battle for women's rights has largely been won. And with that, I want to say what rights, what specific rights, do men have that women don't exactly 
and that's that's a big point for me every time that this conversation comes up in a in something I'm talking about. There's no point where you can just point out and say, "Here, men have it better in this than than women do." There's nothing mm-hmm. to that. And then if somebody does say something, 99% of the time is what they say is the page gap or the wage gap, which has been debunked mm-hmm. hundreds of times and proven not to be true. Yeah. Did you see what Google, what happened with Google? Yeah. They did the examination on themselves to see if they had a wage gap and they found out that they paid men less than they paid exactly. women at Google. So, I mean, it was the complete reverse of what they were saying. And that goes back to the whole point of that women change. Women and men typically have fields. Men typically take higher paying jobs. Why do they take higher paying jobs? Because they have more time on their hands. Women are typically going to want to have children more than men will want to have children. They They statistically take more sick days, more leave days, and unpaid vacation days than men do which isn't a bad men thing. are yeah it's not a bad thing it's because be with your yeah be with your child put into that yeah and it's just statistics say that men are typically more reliable workers yeah because when now that's not to say that pregnant, women are bad workers yeah when women gets pregnant she has to take off like that's just something mm-hmm. a man can't do and they don't always mm-hmm. weigh that in to the pay gap thing, the wage gap thing is that women take off the more time like you were talking about. Well, sometimes that is due to pregnancies and things like that that men just can't do. Men aren't aren't bred to be able to sit and hold this one-day-old baby and just know what to do with it. Women aren't. So I brought up, like, what rights do men have that women don't? And we talked about that a little bit. None. Like, a lot of debates you'll see on feminism, people will mention that is what specific rights do men have that women don't or privileges that men have that women don't. And the feminist movement has done a great job in the past of getting women as far as they did. I mean, just a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. couldn't even vote. Yeah. So now I want to kind of touch on stuff, places where, did lesser than women so i have a couple examples men are treated worse in court systems and civil disputes you have to be a amazing 110 percent great like over the top father to be able to get to get custody of your children in a court battle when you can be an okay mom and get custody of your children yeah um men's is largely overlooked a lot of times like there's even memes about it and I laugh at them because they are funny it's like when you're depressed but you're a man so nobody cares yeah like I think it's kind of funny but can actually be a serious issue men there's a higher suicide rate among men than there are among women yeah um the gender pay gap we kind of looked at that and I had the thing in my notes down for google which I mentioned that. And then the big one is school, the school system. Schools are geared against boys. Yeah. Boys, boys do not do well sitting in a classroom on their butt, looking at a board and being yelled, like lectured at for an hour and a half. Yeah. Women are statistically better at learning that way. 
men are statistically better at hands-on activities. And if you can get them involved, you can typically, typically a man will learn better that way. And I mean, that just goes to show that like through at school, how many women do you know that take CTE classes at school? Like masonry, like masonry and agri-science and um, what's some other ones that they have? Uh, Apparel, even though that, that's probably a, that's, yeah. that's a very high female populated class, but I've actually taken that class. Yeah. It is very high female populated, but most of the girls that I had in that class said that they did not like it because it was more hands-on and you had to do stuff. It wasn't just sit and write down and do what they told you to do, which I loved the class because I did get to do stuff and I got to go in there every day and sew and stitch and do do things that aren't typically man things, but I got to do it with hands-on, so I enjoyed the class. Like in – Especially masonry. I don't think there's hardly any women there in masonry. Isn't. Not that I yeah. can think of. And um, ROTC is another big one. There's not very many women in ROTC, Uh-oh. which I don't think that's really a, classified as like a CTE. Yeah, but that's more of an, uh, I don't know what you would classify that is. I think it's a exam, though. Or even PE. Um, that's not a CTE, but it's yeah. an elective, and that's that's something that you just – it's you have to take PE to graduate, so girls obviously take at least that one. But you never see, you hardly ever see girls take more than that one unless they are a student athlete or something of that sort, yeah. because it is more of a man's thing to be more hands on and active, you know. Yeah, you typically see men in like fall sports, spring sports, weight training, stuff like that, where you don't hardly ever see women, yeah, exactly, and stuff like that. Part of that school. being geared against boys is that school age girls are typically like you think of think of middle school middle of the road between like um elementary school and high school like your average student would probably be like a middle schooler think about the attitude differences between girl like a middle school age girl and a middle school age boy and like they're completely different and school-age girls' attitudes are seen as, like, the golden standard. Boys are treated like defective girls. Yeah. Like, if you're not acting on your best behavior, then there must be something wrong with you. But yeah, genetically, see- boys are just not well as well-behaved. See, I when we were at Hudson, we had matrix points, which were basically just like you were talking in class, so you got a matrix point, you know? And obviously they added mm-hmm. up to get ISS or silent lunch or things like that. But you had to get like five to even get the first punishment. And I would, mm-hmm. I remember one point that there was a girl who got the first matrix point of like her whole middle school career. And she cried in class because she got her matrix point. And I'm just thinking in my head, I've got 10 matrix points. Why is she crying? Because she got one. And it's just because of the, their mindset is that they have to be just so on top of the game and like so cookie cut. Yeah. Have to be so perfect, you know. Yeah, like I remember in uh, first grade in my first grade class we had slips. Yeah, and if we acted up, the teacher would say pull a slip. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many guys had to pull a slip every day. I was probably on yellow slip every single day, and there was green, yellow, red. Yeah. I was probably on yellow every single day because I like to cut up. But I knew once I pulled that slip, I was like, okay, I can't act up anymore. And that – Because if I do – yeah. Like, if I do, yep. then it's game over. Yeah. But, and then that ga- that goes back to the whole thing of – is how it's geared towards girls is because girls 
can sit in that class for an hour and a half and listen to what the teacher has to say and write everything down and pay attention when after about 20, 30 minutes in class hearing my teacher lecture, I'm go I'm on a whole other planet. I have no idea what he's talking yeah. about anymore because I'm just not geared that way to sit and listen to what he has to say, which is that's just how a man is particularly wired. Usually it's just I have to be doing something. I have to that's why I get up mm-hmm. and just go to the bathroom and just get my mind back into it, take a little break, go back in there and listen to what he has to say because I just can't sit there for an hour and a half like a woman would. High school students have a small attention span anyways. I think the number is like nine minutes. Yeah. If you can't keep their attention for nine minutes, then they're not going to listen to anything that you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. the attention span in teenage, like in the teen aged group is – already very very small and it's even smaller among men yeah because we're just there was a there was this one study done where they they looked at brain waves Mm -hmm. like what stimulated brain your brain the most and the one thing that stimulated a male brain most was bouncing a ball or throwing a ball or whatever like having a ball in it throwing it uh like spinning it on your finger whatever and the one thing that stimulated a girl's brain the most was talking about themselves so i just kind of think that's weird like that's funny how it it shows a difference like guys are just typically more wanting to be hands-on wanting to be physical stuff like that not necessarily in a bad way but you know and that's the way like i was my fourth grade year we had uh all boys class and all girls class at hudson and the when the test grades come back, we actually the boys and girls, all boys class and all girls class had higher test grades than the entire rest of the school. Because in my all boys class, we had like, you know, how you put your feet on the back of a desk when you're sitting there. Yeah. Well, we had I do that all the time. connecting each desk that you could put your feet on and rock your feet on because I tap my feet. I'm tapping mm-hmm. my feet right now. That's just something I do as I just need to be moving. And so, yeah, I like exactly. So they had those and... chains that you could swing your feet on, and every every twenty or so minutes, we would get up, take a stretch break, we'd, we'd be able to talk, and then we'd sit back down and get back into doing what we were doing. And then in the all girls class, they had it set up. I wasn't in it obviously, so I couldn't tell exactly what they did, but they had they had it set up to where, like you said, they could they would do what they needed to do. Once they were done, I think they actually had a setup where they did the whole lesson, and then after they were done, they got to do whatever they wanted to do. They could talk. They could do whatever they needed. And then, like Mm -hmm. in ours, ours took the whole hour and a half class period because every 20 minutes, we would stand up and take a break. Well, they would get theirs done in the first 45 minutes and have 45 minutes to talk at the end because they're capable of doing that when men aren't as well. And they're taking a lot of sports and those opportunities to, like, get up and move around. And, like, P.E., they're taking it out of like elementary schools, which is and insane. that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem with both boys and girls. A lot of times, boys and girls who are in elementary school, they're put on like ADHD medicine when they're not actually ADHD. Exactly. They're just kids. Yeah, exactly. They just jump around like they're just being yeah. kids. But according it, you to see what it ADHD a lot higher is, among I guys. I have ADHD. Yeah, you see it a lot higher yeah. among guys, and they're starting to take out specific PE activities. Like, I remember at my elementary school, football was banned. Like, we weren't allowed to play football. And then I think after that, they went for basketball. They almost took basketball away. Um, There was one spot where 
all of the guys liked to sort of hang out. It was kind of in the back of the playground. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a couple guys that used to, like, fight every day. And that was pretty much off limits. And I can sort of see that because people would get hurt if you're obviously fighting. But – and I think that was part of the big the big backlash on the Gillette ad. You remember that? Yeah. Like, there were certain parts of it. Like, obviously, there are certain parts of it that are good. Yeah. Like, you're not going to attack every single part. Where it was like, um, it's time to stop. Like, the whole thing was it's time to stop doing this, time to stop doing that. Um, There was one, I think, where a guy walked into a kitchen and his wife was in there and he, like, smacked her on the butt or something. Or maybe it wasn't his wife. I don't know. There was one part of it where a guy saw a girl walking down the street and went to follow her. And, well, first of all, how are you even going to get to know a girl and start dating her if you don't go up and talk to her? Yeah. But I could see the part about, like, sexual harassment. Obviously, that stuff needs to stop. But when you get down to, like, the root of it, there was a scene. I think it was, like, one of the first scenes, and then it, like, appeared a couple of other times throughout where there was a couple of kids at a barbecue fighting and, like, playing around on the ground. Uh-huh. And they demonized that. Like, they put it in there and was like, this is bad. This is wrong. Like, don't let your kids fight in the yard. And I was like, when I was a kid, I used to go over to my friend's house, and we used to watch WWE, and then we would remake WWE scenes, and we would have his mom come in and record it. Yeah. Like, we used to fight each other all the yeah, time, that, and it was a good yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. That age is not going to – you're not going to kill nobody when you're five When you're five years old. Like, you ain't strong enough to do nothing. Yeah. It'll – what worse you could do is scrape your elbow, you know? It's yeah. Just... And it's, it's healthy for kids at that young of an age to fight because they learn, okay, if I do this, this is really going to hurt somebody. And if I'm not really looking to hurt somebody, yeah. then I shouldn't do it. Exactly. Punching some, like punching somebody in the gut. A lot of people wouldn't think punching somebody in the stomach would really hurt that bad, but it hurts pretty yeah, bad. It does. And like, how often do you get hit from a guy in the stomach and it's like mediocre, hard, like it's sort of a tap? Probably wrestled around a little bit as a kid and figured out that that hurt. Exactly. But a lot of times if you get hit from a woman, like if a, a, if a woman comes up and like hits you in the gut, force behind it. Yeah, because they like women didn't learn. Women don't yeah. fight. Yeah. But yeah, see, I've got two brothers, which you know both of them, I'm pretty sure. And we used to fall on getting yeah. brawls when we were younger. Because we were just mm-hmm. three kids all about the same age, and we just used to have balls. Like, we would just, like, on rainy days, we would set up in the living room, lay down cushions on the floor. We'd take the cushions off the couch and lay them on the floor and just have at it. Wrestle around, throw each other yeah. around. Like, it was just something uh, a kid my age would do, which, like you said, is getting almost demonized now, is how that's bad. That's bad for a guy to learn. But it is just, and goes back to the thing where guys walk up to each other and slap each other in the gut, or, you know what I'm saying, hit each other in the neck. It's just because that's how guys are. We just pick with each other. We know how much to do and what's too far, you know, mm-hmm. when a girl sometimes yeah. doesn't know what's too far. Yeah. Like, girls don't learn their limits at a young age when guys do because guys wrestled around with each other at a young age, and they learned what hurts, and they learned how far they can go until they're pushing their limits. Exactly. Girls didn't do that. Girls didn't wrestle around when they were younger, so they don't know their limits. Mm-hmm. So whenever they hit, they put some force behind it. Exactly. I want to look at 
some other things where women are excelling uh, in school about how school is geared. I know I jumped back to this pretty quickly, but girls earn better grades, more honors, and are more likely to go to college. There was a statistic that uh, there are more women in college than there are guys. 72.5% of women graduates in 2015 went to college and 65.8% of men graduates like men high school graduates went to college. Yeah. So and that goes and back to that the, again can be a difference of, of career choice. And that yeah. goes back to the it's the hardest thing in America to be right now is a white male is because a woman can find a scholarship that has as good of grades or worse grades sometimes than a man does but they get the scholarship because they're they're females which mm-hmm. isn't anything to do with anything but it's it just goes back to the thing about how hard it is to be a white male in America today because you don't get the minority scholarship unless you go to an all black school you don't get a scholarship yeah. for being a male because they don't give those that mm-hmm. you know it's just it's hard to find scholarships like that as a white male in America yeah, those because nobody those wants a white like man that, on campus need to be done away with. Yeah, no, nobody yeah. wants a white man on campus. They all want the the female Puerto Rican or the half Asian, half African American kid, or you know, they want the the numbers to yeah. show that they're a very ethnically diverse school. When it's easy to get a white yeah. kid from Hudson, North Carolina, or you know, what I'm saying it's easy to get a white male. They want the diverse numbers, so yeah. it's harder for us to get into school now because. Of the they the they want the diverse number. I think part of the reason for that is um, there was stuff with the like affirmative action bills and everything, which I think are inherently like racist. And I think that those scholarships that are given specifically to minorities or specifically to women yeah. are racist and sexist, like in themselves. And I think there was a part about it where, yeah, there definitely was. I think it's been. I think it's been pretty much done away with now, but there used to be a thing that if you met a certain quota of minorities, then you got better funding. And if you didn't meet that quota, then you didn't get funding Mm -hmm. as well. They try to even the playing field, so to speak. And Asians get the worst of this because they'll actually lower Asian scores like significantly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. The different movements within the feminist movement and the biggest one of those being the Me Too movement. And I think the Me Too movement is extremely one-sided yeah. against Republicans. And it's also, I think, very corrupt because the the ideally the Me Too movement is not a bad thing. Like it empowers women who have been Absolutely. sexually harassed or raped or whatever to come out and speak about it, which I think that's a great thing. Women should definitely do that. I think they should definitely do that as soon as something happens because that is the point in which you'll get the most evidence that you can get because with cases like that, evidence fades after, like the more time that passes, the more evidence fades. But the Me Too movement has evolved into this force of pretty much anti-Republican. If he's a white yeah. straight male, he's a bad guy and he's probably going to yeah. rape somebody or he probably did rape somebody. For instance, Kavanaugh, there was absolutely no, like absolutely no evidence that he had been remotely wrong 
and his name was dragged through the mud. Like his name is probably stained. If if you look him up in a history textbook, like fifty years from now, his yeah. rape case will probably be in there. But Joe Biden, who now wants to run for power, just like Kavanaugh did. Well, Kavanaugh yeah. wasn't running; he was appointed. But Joe Biden, who's now running for the highest office in the land, has done the highest position that you can hold. Has been caught on film being a predator, being like a pedophile. And it's not just once; it's it's been numerous and, times. Yeah, and it these videos, if you look at them, they're like creepy videos to watch. Like the man's a freak. Mm-hmm. The man's a absolute creep. And the Me Too nope. movement has not said a peep because about he's on their side. Anything that's happened to him. Yeah, and it's it's got to this point where. And you see this a lot. You have to play politics, and it kind of sucks. There are things that, um, that Trump has done that people say they don't like, but you can't not like it. Like, he says things that are agreeable upon both sides, and people still just bash him because he is Donald mm-hmm. Trump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's gotten so much a battle between left and right that if he's on my side, he can do nothing wrong. And it's crazy. And I think that conservatives more than anyone are realizing that this is a bad idea. Because a lot of conservative Republicans that you see will say, just because someone is a conservative doesn't mean that I have to support him in everything that happens. And conservatives, for the most part, will do that. Whereas liberals, they just kind of are like leftists. They just kind of like double down. Even if they know it's wrong, they'll double down and defend them and pretty much drive themselves into the ground. And that's almost what feminists do with anything. Because Trump says feminists hate Trump, and that's a pretty much open fact is that they dislike Trump strongly. And he'll come out and say that he wants to build this wall and to keep rapists out because statistics show that. A good majority of the rapists in the United States are illegal immigrants that come in from Mexico, but they they yeah. who are fighting against rape and don't like it when people are raped and I mean nobody likes it when they're raped, but their main key is rapist can't can't agree upon that point because it's mm-hmm. Donald Trump. But if anybody else says that it's okay, yeah, yeah, feminists are so willing, and they yeah, it goes back to what I said. They're so willing to be so against someone that they're willing to, like, lose anything, even their own credibility, just to make sure that that other person is seen as a bad guy. Another thing I have is feminism cannot support the Islamic faith. Like, there's absolutely no way. And you see this, like, you'll see Islamic women marching, like, Muslim women marching with the feminist movement and feminists saying that they support Islam and I just don't see how that can happen because Islam is a faith that is completely yeah. based on yeah. misogyny, on being anti-woman. It tells people in the Quran how to beat their wives, like to beat yeah. their wives and how to beat their wives. And that if their wife does anything yeah. that they don't agree with, if they're disobedient in any way, that the man has the right to punish them in whatever way he sees fit. And I don't see how feminists can support the Islamic faith yeah. as it is now. 
I can see how feminists can try to push Islam forward into a place where women aren't as oppressed, but that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to say that it's fine just the way it is, which is not true. Because it's the, it's the same way now as it was in the 60s and how that everybody's on this big new wave. So they mm-hmm. find something that's different, which is to them the Islamic faith, and just go with it, not knowing anything about it. But it's different, so they have to agree with it. Another part I had in is feminists should not support the transgender movement. And where I'm the main my main top like my main point in this one is the whole sports mm-hmm. thing that we mentioned earlier with with biological males competing in female sports that through doing stuff like that where they completely support the fact of a biological man can be a woman yeah can become a woman and that they deserve to be looked at as a woman by society that's harmful to women as yeah a group like two women as a group it is bad to say that men yeah. can be women it does nothing to help you it does yeah. everything to harm you and with and with what you were saying with that is a good flow point from how we were just talking about how they're on this push for the islamic faith is how once again the islamic faith is completely against gays lesbians and transgenders like it is a mm-hmm. big no-no in that yeah so how are you going to favor this this islamic faith and then turn around and say, yeah, but we also accept gays and lesbians and transgenders and all the LGBTQ plus, whatever it is now. How are you going to accept both of them? Yeah. Those things don't go together. And they, they yeah. do it just to make it's... everyone happy, which is, once again, something that just can't be done. Everybody can't be happy. Somebody's always going to get their feelings. Yeah. They're... Yeah. They try to push to make everyone feel included, but the whole, the whole thing of the clog in the machine there is that there are there are movements that they support that are openly against other movements that they support, like how you were saying, and it's you even see this within those two groups. There are people in the LGBTQ plus community, whatever I think it's like Q A A I P or I don't know something like that. Yeah. There are people in that community who say that they are pro Islam. And that baffles me. I want to know how how that happens. I mean, like, if that person, if that LGBT person were to go to the Middle East right now and do the same demonstrations that they're doing They'd here be in off a building. and say that they are LGBTQ and that they support the Islamic faith, yeah, yeah. they'd be thrown off a building. They'd be beheaded, Stone, thrown off a building, whatever. I think of things. Yeah. Feminist shame conservative women who are more for the advancement of true women than they will yeah. ever be. Like, um, I know Candace Owens is one. She gets a lot of, she gets a lot of backlash from feminists as well as the black community because she's both. And then I'm trying to think of the other, Allie Stuckey. Allie Stuckey, she is a huge conservative woman and she is more for a true woman, a true what a feminist should really be the true yes. advancement of women. She is more for the true advancement of women than almost anybody. But the feminist movement shames her because she's conservative and she's against yeah. her interests. And you're shamed on the left. You're shamed by the left for being conservative. Yeah. If you're a woman. 
and it's and it goes back to the thing of how they're always the victim is they can point the fingers and say you're the bad person you you don't agree with this so you're the bad person but if we did the same thing to them if the tables have turned and they did something and we say no you're the bad person then we we're judged for it because we don't have yeah. the feminist flag behind us yeah. like they do yeah and it's it's so funny the feminist movement says we are all for free thinking women we want women to think for themselves to be their own person and then when a woman comes out and says okay i'm thinking for myself i'm being my own person and i'm a conservative woman yeah then they're like no exactly. you're not thinking for yourself you're under the you're under patriarchy you're just doing that because your husband told you to vote that way and your yeah. husband told you this and your dad told you that or whatever and this it's crazy it's, just, it's totally hypocritical and the feminist movement is hypocritical yeah. in so many ways that's just one of them there's the another big hypocritical part is they tell women that they say that women are helpless victims and they also say that women are completely self-sufficient and the most magnificent yeah, creatures if on earth. You haven't gotten anything from this podcast. It should be that the feminist movement can't choose a side. Like that's that's literally all we've been yeah. going back and forth on is how they agree with one thing, disagree with the other, but then go back and agree with the thing they just disagreed about. Like they, yeah, the the hip the amount of hypocritical the hypocritical level in the feminist movement is absolutely, yeah, absolutely through the roof. I don't think there's any movement that has ever been as hypocritical as the modern day third wave feminist yeah. movement. It's it's crazy and they just they don't see maybe they do see what they're doing and they're just too far down the road now to pull back and take a little bit of humility and say okay we're wrong but they've gotten to the point where they're just doubling down and making a lot more stupid comments than they have yeah. before um I actually I also pointed in here pulled up go ahead that actually majority of women in America don't identify themselves as feminist anymore because they've realized how far along that this movement has come and how off its path it's become and yeah it was actually it's 56% say that they're they aren't feminist women in America say that they are not feminist because of the way that the feminist movement has has just turned and how it's took a hard rot and just yeah. been completely off its rails about how everything yeah falls. it's just completely flipped over exactly. on its head. So there's people, there's women in America today that have just said, "No, it's not what it used to be," and I don't agree with that anymore because they yeah. they themselves have realized, well, maybe it's not all what it seems. Yeah, a lot of women today realize that the modern day third wave feminist movement isn't doing anything yeah, for they've them. They've already got everything that they need that they need. Like we were talking about earlier, name one right that's given to a man that's not given to a woman. And first wave feminism fighting for voting rights. I know Susan B. Anthony was a big big uh part had a big yeah. part in that. And she was a a like a great feminist leader in first wave feminism. But for the most part you saw a lot of guys marching for first wave feminism because a lot of husbands realized that they wanted their wives to have the right to vote or um, fathers realized that they wanted their daughters to have the right to vote. But you really saw that a lot of women 
didn't want the right to vote because they didn't want the uh, the responsibilities yeah, that come with once it. You have the right because to at vote, that time you're put into the draft, and like I'm sure yeah. you're about to say, at that time you had to to be on fire duty, which at that point was the fire department because they didn't have an established fire department at the time. And so you were yeah. put on fire duty. Your name was put into the bucket for that. Your name was put in the bucket for the draft. And women didn't want to have to carry that burden of, well, yeah, I do get the right to vote, but I also have to take on these other things. So, yeah, a good majority of women mm-hmm. did not want the right to vote. It's a good thing that the women's suffrage movement did succeed because a lot of the stuff that they didn't want, a lot of the bad parts of it eventually faded away anyway. Exactly. Another point I have is that – Feminists, for the most part, are delusional and brainwashed into thinking that men want to tell them what to do with their body. Yeah. And this goes back to the abortion debate. There is absolutely, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say absolutely nobody, but there is a very, very, very small number of people who want to tell you what to do with yeah. your body. Like, no, that's the beauty of, of, freedom in america true liberty and capitalism is that you do what you want to do i do what i want to do we stay out of each other's way and we'll be good exactly and for the most part you see that yeah guys don't care guys and women both don't care what you do with your body but i think where a lot of um a lot of conservatives draw the line and why they are so pro-life is that it's now become a thing of that's not your body. That's somebody else's body. And while it might be in your body, you don't have the right to do what you want yeah, to. Because it. that is, that is another body in, inside of you. That's not still you. That's another person. Yeah. They still have rights just as much as you think that you should have the right to say what you want to do with your body. That person inside of you should have the right to their exactly. own body, even though they may not be able to live out of the womb quite yet they're still their own being with their own dna their own blood type and exactly so their own body so if you get the right to say well i want a dead then it should have the right to say no i don't want to be dead one argument that i've stumbled upon recently that's actually very smart is if you talk to a pro-choice person mm-hmm. and you ask them what do you think about should a baby have a right to its own body? Is a baby a separate being, like its own separate body, or is it part of yeah. the mother? A lot of them will say it's part of the mother. It's nothing but tissue. Therefore, since it's part of the mother, the mother can do what she wants to it because it's her body. Which there's some truth but, to that. But once the third trimester starts, it's it's its own person at that point. Once three weeks in the baby starts yeah. growing its fingernails and starts growing limbs. Yeah. So at that, what point is that person a person and which point is it not, you know, cause yeah. I've heard arguments. And about if you ask it's when it can control its own thoughts and do what it needs to do. Well, then at that point, mm-hmm. a brain dead person in a coma doesn't have rots either. Their rots are immediately gone Yeah. because it doesn't, it can't, yeah. it can't fend for itself. Well, mm-hmm. That, that's where the line is drawn is because some people say is when it can fend for itself, which is at that point is still up to how old, two, three years old. And yeah. then some people say it's 
the first trimester, third trimester, three weeks, two weeks. It's 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 different for every person. If you ask pro-choice people, if that's part of the mother's body, then does the mother have four legs and twenty toes? Mm-hmm. Does the mother have four arms and twenty fingers? Does the mother have two heads? Does the mother have two stomachs? A lot of them will say no. That's completely ridiculous. But that's pretty much what they've. That's the corner that they've backed themselves into, with saying what they've said and, about how the it the baby is part of the mother. It's they're and, not. They will openly agree with you that they're not on that topic. Yeah. If you phrase it in that way, and that's a big problem with with liberals now or even feminists or pro pro choice pro life anybody is that especially left leaning pro choice people love to use the fact of science to their to their benefit until the science doesn't use their benefit and then they're like, Oh well that's that there's no need in saying that. There's no need in using science here. Yeah. Well if you're gonna use science to prove your points then I'm gonna use science to prove mine. You know? Like I was saying with the the baby being able to feel and it starts growing its fingernails and limbs at three weeks, that's that's just science. That's science has proven that 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 baby is starting to to grow into its own being at three weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you draw a line, the only real line that you can draw is the conception. Exactly. Because everything from conception everything after conception can happen in a roundabout way to an adult in real life. Mm-hmm. Like brain waves, like you, like you mentioned, there are brain dead people who are living on life support. Yeah. So should they not have rights? And then you have, well, if they don't have a heartbeat and it's, well, there are people who are living on a pump that pumps their heart so that they can live. Yeah. So should they not have rights? And so it's the only real line that you can draw is conception of the baby when that new DNA is formed. Because at no other time is a brand new DNA going to form in a human naturally. Yeah. And the big thing with that is, is is the Me Too movement and the feminist movement all love to point out, well, what if, you know, you say you're pro-choice that, that that's murder or that I'm pro-life that that's murder to kill that baby. Well, then they love to point out the yeah. less than 1% of, well, what if, what if the woman is raped? What if the woman is going to yeah. die through childbirth? What if they love to throw in these what ifs when statistically less yeah. than 1%, less than 1% of abortions that happen in America are, is from a, is from a rape case. And yeah. just, it, about one yeah. percent, if I think it is less than one percent, still are going to harm the mother, or kill the mother, or harm the baby, or kill the baby. So at that point, you say both mm-hmm. of those are one percent, one percent, which neither of them are. That's still ninety-eight percent of abortions are just because the mother does not want the baby. I would say relating this back to feminism, that pro-life is true feminism. Exactly. That's what I spoke on earlier. Half of all babies. Over, it's actually over half. You're statistically more likely to have a woman than you are to have a male. But half, over half of all babies are female, and they're being slaughtered every day. And there's the the uh, Planned Parenthood was initially set up by a racist. I forget her name. Um, 
I remember learning about her in history. Um, let me look it up real quick. But yeah, another point I was going to bring up. But I know she was a flaming racist. Margaret yeah. Sanger. Another point I was going to bring up with that is the most women that are pro-choice, like I was saying with the less than 1%, are they love to bring up the less than 1%. Well, okay, you look at the people, the, the whole 98% that I was talking about earlier that just don't want the baby anymore, right? Well, they're pro-choice. They They get to choose what they do with their body. Well, they had three choices, well, two or three, before they even had the baby. They could have used protection. They could have used rubbers. They could have been on birth control. Or they could have just not had mm-hmm. sex. The minute you consent to having sex is the moment you take a chance that you're having a baby. With yeah. the condom, it's still, what, 89% effective? So it's still in the left I think it's 98 So there's still a 2% chance you have a baby. And yeah. then with birth control, it's even higher. It's 99, I'm pretty sure, with the pill. It's, yeah. it's 99%. So there's still a 1% chance. You take the chance every time you have sex that you're going to have a baby. That's the choices you get. Those are your pro-choices. If you're pro-choices, those are your choices. There's no there's no yeah. fourth choice of, now I can kill the baby. No. You made your choice when you said you wanted to have sex. You took the odds yeah. of that 3% not being you. Or even at that point of not even wearing protection or using birth control, just hoping to God you can get out in time. That choice is still on you. Mm-hmm. Those are your choices at that point. You don't get to go back and say, oopsie, I messed up. I want a fourth choice. That's not how, I, that's not how it mm-hmm. works. And there is sort of a divide in the conservative movement about uh, plan B pills. And I'm not, sure, I'm not sure exactly how I feel on that mm-hmm. one just yet. Because I can see both sides. I can see how it would be murder because it it uh, kills the zygote that become like the sperm yeah. and the egg combination. But at the same time, it also prevents them from even attaching to the walls of the uterus to even become. I'm a the baby. same way. I'm not exactly so, sure how I feel about that either. Yeah, yeah. Because so like I can I see both saying, sides. You of had it. your choices before, but. Yeah, you had multiple choices before before you should even get anywhere close to plan B. You've at least had two yeah. or three choices. And there was, um, I forget her name, some girl recently that called for a sex strike. A fem- she called for feminists to go on a sex strike uh, because of the uh, Georgia heartbeat yeah. bill. And... Someone said, oh, great, so you mean abstinence, which is pretty much what they've been, what conservatives have been pushing for a while. Yeah. And now she's like, oh, we're going to go on a sex strike, and all the conservatives are like, so you mean abstinence? And she's like, uh, yeah. exactly, yeah. which we've been pushing for years now, which that's yeah. why there's, you know, sex ed classes in school that basically tell you not to have sex, and if you are, there's choices, but there's also a consequence. Yeah. Like, I've been through – how many ever those classes they put us through? I, it's like once or twice a year, I know, that you got to take the class because mm-hmm. you got your choices there, and they tell you you're going to have a chance of having a baby every time you have sex and to practice abstinence. But obviously people don't Yeah, listen. I can see how they're conservative. I can see how that the sex ed classes are conservative in that way, that they preach abstinence. But I can also see how after the choice of having sex has been made, they're they go completely liberal. They they pretty much lay it out as like that's where the joke comes from of 
if you have sex before you're married, you're going to die. Like, they pretty much lay it out as, like, if you're not financially able, this baby is going to suffer 100%, and they basically scare kids into getting an abortion. They're like, oh, well, now that I'm pregnant, I made a mistake, and now that I'm pregnant, this baby's going to have a terrible life, and my parents are going to kick me out on the streets, and no one's going to want to take care of my baby. And pretty much scares kids into getting an abortion when there's other ways. There's the adoption program, which is, I would say it's flawed, but it's a heck of a lot better Absolutely. than abortion. Absolutely. I think my thing with the, with the adoption, one of my best friends is adopted and one of my best friends, dads was adopted. I think I, I honestly, in my personal eyes, I think every, every person in America should at least adopt one child. I think every family in America should at least adopt one child because there are a lot of children in foster care, and like you said, the whole system is flawed. But, mm-hmm. like you said, it's still adoption and putting your baby in an adoption agency is better than just killing it off the bat. It, you're not even giving it a chance then. There's been how many yeah. superstar athletes and, and great college professors and musicians and, and just everyday citizens that are just amazing people, mm-hmm. and they came from adoption agency. They never knew their parents. You yeah, know, but it's just it's better than them not getting a chance, you know, sex selective abortion is an actual thing and it actually targets women. So I want to hear where the feminist movement yeah. is on that one, because they are they're slacking. Uh, it, well, it especially. Yeah, they're <laughs> it especially happened in China because um, they were wanting more boy, chi- like more boy children in China. But um Sex-selective abortion, for those who don't know, is the practice of having an abortion based on the sex of the baby. And selective abortion of female babies is the most common. Women, female babies are specifically targeted in abortions, in sex-selective abortions. And I think that that's a real feminist topic that they should talk about. But they don't, Mm -hmm. because that would go against their pro-choice topic so getting into my last points here i have that feminism is largely anti-christian uh we've seen this through all sorts of different things if you um if you saw stephen crowder's video which i'm sure you did they had menstruating jesus pins yeah which is completely stupid and there was one feminist rally where they depicted the Virgin Mary having an abortion in the street. Oh, God. And so the feminist movement is largely, largely anti-Christian. And you see this with a lot of movements on the left. They're just very largely anti-Christian. That's another reason that I just can't support the left and the things that they do. Um, but the feminist movement should be pro-Christian because I looked it up a little bit. In Proverbs 31 of the Bible, Proverbs 31 describes a good woman as strong, wise, and kind, and it celebrates a woman for being creative, for being mothers, and for being strong in faith, and for having a, like good emotional fortitude. So, but that goes Christianity praises women, and the Islam, yep. the Islamic yep. faith demonizes women, and they're completely flipped that's, script. That's they're supportive of Islam. Yeah, it's going back. Like if they, yeah, if they would look at what they're supporting and look at what they're opposing, they should honestly flip. 
a lot of things that they think about. They should flip. But they can't do so because usually uh, a conservative person is most likely a Christian or at least a Christian follower, if not a Christian. And they they follow the Bible and they believe in Jesus. You know, like they're usually rooted in a Christian Christian lifestyle. And so it's hard for them to to become a Christian or to even pick up the Christian Bible because they're, they're so on their way of being, no, we're not them. We're different than them. And they can't even look at the points that are good points because they're so against us. They can't even accept the points that are good points. They even are trying to help them. They can't even agree with those points Mm -hmm. because we're, we're just, they just try to be different than us. And that that goes back to my point about trying to, the whole Western religion thing and how they have to be different. And that's why they went and chose the Islam faith to be their kind of poster faith for the feminist rallies. And it just, it blows my mind that how little research it seems that they do to, to focus on these big things. Yeah. That goes back to my point too, of how they're so focused on winning that they'll run themselves into the ground and hurt themselves and think that they're winning. If they would pick up a Bible, I believe that the Bible is probably the, I wouldn't say probably, I would say it is the greatest book to ever be written. Not just because, not just because of the religion tied into it, but just because of everything that's in it. The, the, all the stories that are told, all the parables that are spoken about, everything that you can learn from the Bible, it completely can shape and entire, the Bible shaped an entire country. America was founded on a lot of Christian yep. values that came from the Bible and it shaped an entire nation that is the greatest nation on yep. earth. Without a doubt in my mind. And it's the fact that they will reject it. I believe that, well, I wouldn't say that everyone should have to read the Bible because that would be like sort of forcing your faith on people, but. I believe it would be a good thing for everyone. Yes, absolutely. To look into the Bible, at least study it. Then look like, into the Quran. Study, at least yeah. look at it because I'm a I'm a conservative Christian white male from the South, and still I like to get into the points that I don't agree with to see the other side. You can't just yeah. be your side. And your most side, conservatives do. Yeah, most conservatives do. Most conservatives are concerned with having an open dialogue, debating, having open discussion, looking. And seeing why the other side thinks the way Absolutely. that they do. And most people on the left don't want to do that. They're just so doubled down in the way that they think. And they think that the other side's wrong. Last point that I have is that chivalry was is pretty much dead. I would say that, well, let me not get ahead of myself. <laughs> chivalry was created to protect women. And it instructed men to use their natural abilities to support yes. women. And this is true for the opposite, but it was just kind of common sense at that point that women were to use their natural abilities to support men in the ways that they could. That goes back to the whole complimenting yeah. each other thing. But chivalry was created to protect women, and it instructed men to help women and support them. And I would say that feminism has killed chivalry because it wants us all to be equal and in all actuality we yeah, are we're not it wants it. and if you do 
any sort of act of kindness to a woman anymore, it's almost like you're degrading yeah. her. Like you can't be kind anymore. You, you can't, can't open the door look at her a woman without her saying, yeah. well, I could do that myself, you know? Yeah. Like you can't open the door and, and let her through first. You can't pull her chair out for her to let her sit down. You can't help her with her groceries or like just anything anymore. Any like small acts of chivalry that aren't allowed anymore because it's seen as degrading that you're saying a woman's not capable when in reality, we're not saying the woman's not capable. We're just saying that the woman shouldn't have to do that. If you're there to be able to and able to do it for her. Exactly. This is true with a lot of movements on the left and the liberal thinking movements is that it's selling you a, it's selling you your suffering. Like they'll say that they're, they'll say that they're for your advancement and that they're for your good, but in reality, they're taking your rights away. Yeah. Like this is seen a lot in the pro gun movement. Um, can't remember exactly how I related it to the film. Oh yeah, feminist movement. I related it to the um, sports thing. They're telling you that they're selling you freedom to be your own person to be your own woman, but they're really just kind of making you suffer even worse. Because in all actuality, men and women can't compete in the same fields. Like, women, there are some fields women are going to blow men out of the water. There are some fields that men are going to blow women out of the water. Because there's just some things that men are better than. And there's some things that women are better at. Like, that's just how it is. I would say conservatives who are not feminist, and you don't even have to be a conservative. As long as you're not feminist, I would say that people who are not feminist are a lot more happier. Like, they're a lot happier than people who are. Like, you look at big-time Hollywood feminists like Amy Schumer. You think Amy Schumer's happy? Nope. Like, she looks like the worst model of happiness ever she does not look like a happy person but you look at free thinking and conservative women like candace owens i like the the women conservative women that i like to watch are ali stuckey and candace owens i like to watch them a lot yeah ali stuckey the first video i saw of hers um it was around the presidential presidential election of 2016 Uh And it was like a satirical ad for uh, the Democrats, and it was hilarious. And I just started watching her every yeah. since, like ever since. But they look like true models of happy women, yeah. and they are not feminists. They openly tell feminists that they can't agree with them because there's nothing that they're fighting yeah. for. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the second episode of Class Act, uh, speaking mainly about feminism. I know we get off on uh, chasing rabbits and talking about other things, but we all we try to relate it back to feminism and our main topic. So thank you guys for listening. We're hoping to get more of these out soon. Um, if you are listening, let us know which one you like more, if you like us talking about multiple topics or if you like us talking about one. I kind of like this one a little bit better. Do you like 
one topic's better than multiple topics. Like the two topics are more of like a a day to day thing. Like yeah, like like when things come up, we can kind of just hit on the big things of the week. But I think this one thing, yeah, would have to be like a widespread, like general idea of something. Like how feminism, yeah. like you said, had different steps and was rooted differently. Yeah, yeah. So probably just put out a mix of of both of them. But I thought this one was really good. So if you'll stay tuned, we'll be getting more cranked out. This these podcasts all kind of depend on what happens in news and everything like that but there's we're still starting out so there's still plenty of ideas that we have that we can talk about so and we're hoping to get more let's know what you think of this one with like uh yeah we missed the uh mullen report yeah the mullen report that was a big one we missed that because it's had a lot going on but we hope to get more into the when things come out we get to put out a podcast on it pretty uh pretty quick yeah pretty soon um, I'm hoping we can get more on, on top of the ball and stuff like that. That would be great. And until the next episode, let us know what you think about this one. If you have any questions or, or recommendations for next episodes, let us know. I'm pretty sure there's a way you can comment on these. So thank you guys for listening, and it's been Class Act.